Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee Break and Parenting Talk. I am Mia Clary, Certified Parenting Coach and Educator, and today I've got my coffee here with me. So first of all, I'd like to welcome you, whether you have, you're watching or listening to this, I totally appreciate you spending this time hanging out with me. And I hope that these episodes bring you some insight, uh, maybe answer some of your questions, and most importantly, support you on your parenting journey. My hope in this episode is to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about my background and my parenting journey, and some of the challenges that really inspired me to read more, study more, and become a certified parenting coach and educator to help others. So if you've been following me for a while, you probably know that I have two kids, a 16-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter, and they've been the biggest teachers for me. Because when I had my son 16 years ago, I had no experience. I had I knew nothing about parenting strategies or philosophies, brain development, emotional development, emotional health, mental health. I didn't know any of that. I had ideas in my mind about what parenting should look like. I had ideas about how children should behave. And all these ideas come from culture, right? From family, from extended family, from friends, just the ideas that you hear in the culture around you, that children should behave in a certain way, parents should respond to their kids in a certain way. And probably one of the biggest idea that I had is that children come as a blank slate, like a an open book with nothing written on it. And through parenting, we get to mold the child. Now, there is there might be some truth into, uh, you know, forming our children's identity and beliefs through parenting. However, what I realized after having my first child is that that is not true. I realized that children do not come as a blank book that we get to write whatever we want on it. They come with their own temperament with their own um, nervous system, you know, whether they have a sensitive nervous system or not sensitive nervous system. They come with their own genes. They come with their own needs. They come seeking certain things. And we don't just get to write whatever we want in that book. We don't get to uh, make the child whatever we want them to be. We really, what I understood through my parenting journey is that children are more like a plant. You know, they are like a seed with its own potential, with its own kind of plant. And through the parenting and the nourishing that we do in the early years, we help that plant come to its full potential. You know, realizing what kind of soil we need to have, how much water, how much sun, that will help that plant become the best that it can be. So that is the first thing that I learned through my parenting. And of course, this wasn't the only thing that challenged me in my parenting. I'd say that the biggest challenge that I had after be becoming a parent was the judgment, the expectation that you have from people around you, from your friends, from society, into how you should parent and how you should respond to your children. And I had a pretty strong intuition of how I needed to respond to my child. And that intuition was very different from the ideas that I had before, the ideas that were influenced by society. So I remember, for example, um, one of the first few people who came to visit me after having my son, he was only a few weeks old and he was sleeping nicely in his bassinet and then he was fussing and I wanted to pick him up. 
And then the person told me that I shouldn't be picking him up every time he fussed because then he'll learn to depend on me for all his needs and then he's going to be clingy and will latch onto me and I will never get a break as a mom. So if I wanted to, you know, preserve my sanity and get a break, I needed to not respond to his needs basically. And I remember at that moment, I felt a disconnect because my intuition was strong. I looked at my son. I knew what he needed. I knew that I wanted to respond to him. Hearing those thoughts from a friend that I valued dearly um, was was hard for me because I knew these ideas already before becoming a parent, but in that moment, it felt like that doesn't make any sense. Why would I leave my son to cry in his bassinet when I am able and I want to? It is what I want to. It is what my hormones are telling me to do. It's what my heart is telling me to do. All my instincts at that moment were telling me to pick up my son. So I remember having that disconnect and, you know, feeling um, challenged, like, what voice do I listen to? So thankfully, I decided to listen to my intuition. I decided to take the route of acting on my intuition. But I knew that in order to do that, I needed to learn more and research and read about parenting. Because when people tell me to do something that doesn't feel right, I need to know if I can back it up with research or science or, you know, I also needed to know if I should be questioning my intuition, if there was anything wrong with me. Like, should I be listening to what people are saying? So that was really the start of my journey into wanting to read and wanting to research. Like, what am I... What are we supposed to do as parents? How are we supposed to respond to our kids? What do babies need? And how, I, how can I, as a parent, um, respond to their needs to the best of my ability? I also had other questions in my head. How do I raise this child? How do I raise this child to be an active member of society, to be someone who is polite, someone who is kind, someone who is friendly? And also someone who can stand up for their own rights, someone who is assertive, someone who is not afraid to stand up for the right thing. So all these ideas, uh, you know, I when I became a parent, I felt challenged because I knew nothing. I knew nothing about how to raise that child to be those things. And how do I, as a parent, like what is the best way that I can parent my child? So that is when I started reading and started researching. And the more I read, the more I was inspired because I found that most of the research and the science, wherever it was pointing, it was very much in harmony with my own intuition, with what my own wisdom. And that is when I knew that that must be, that must be the right path. Now, before I became a mother, my education was in international relations and political science. I've done an internship at the United Nations in Geneva, and then I worked at a research center at a university. I was very passionate about peace and gender equality and, you know, all these things. So, but after I had my son, I decided to take some time off and not work so I can figure out this parenting thing. I thought I'd be home maybe for a year and then I would get back to work. However, once I started reading and researching, I became very interested in parenting, the philosophy of parenting, the science of parenting, the developmental studies, the psychology. It just became, I was really interested in it, especially when I saw just the difference between 
what the science and research says, and then the ideas that we have, you know, from the culture, from our family, from our friends. So when we were in San Diego, California, and I had the opportunity to train, um, to be one of the first people to be trained in the Attached at the Heart parenting program, I decided that was, that's exactly what I wanted to do. So the Attach at the Heart parenting program is based on the book Attach at the Heart by Barbara Nicholson and Lisa Parker. And I actually was, that was one of the books that really helped me in the early years of my parenting because it focuses on the science. It focuses on the attachment theory not so much the attachment parenting practices, but the attachment theory. What is the science behind the practices that they were promoting? They had like eight principles for parenting in the first three years of life. So I had the original book, um, this one. They later had a revised book. But I love the original book because there's so much more information in it. And one of the quotes in this book from... Dr. Gordon Nofeld and Dr. Gaber Mate, which also they've inspired me in my parenting journey. Uh, I'm going to read this quote. <clears throat> it says, when we spoil something, we deny the conditions it requires. The real spoiling of children is not in the indulging of demands or the giving of gifts, but in the ignoring of their genuine needs. So reading this quote really resonated with me on so many different levels. And it clarified for me, you know, because I always find that in culture, there's so much worry about spoiling kids that if we respond to their needs, you know, like that friend who told me when my son was a baby that I shouldn't pick him up. We think that when we respond to their needs, it's going to spoil them. And they're going to be more dependent on us or, you know, they're going to be brats or whatever. But that is not what spoils children. What I learned is that we spoil children when we don't respond to their needs. We spoil children when we give them maybe what they want, but do not give them what they really need. Because when we give them what they need, it's kind of like nurturing that plant. You know, you don't say that. Um, giving the plant the amount of water that requires is going to spoil it. No. When you know exactly what plant you're raising and you respond to the needs of the plant, you give it exactly what it needs, you won't spoil it. You will help it to grow to its potential. And so it's the same thing with kids. When we understand what their needs are, we help them become the best that they can be. It's when we deny them that, when we deny them what they need. And, you know, we spoil them by giving them stuff, you know, what we think that is what they want, but it's not really what they need. So that idea was really big for me. And this is where I wanted to understand more about children and what is it that they need? What are their essential needs and how we can fulfill them, how we can help them, you know, providing those needs to help them grow to the best that they can be. At the same time, educate them and nurture them. You know, nurture, them, nurture their physical needs, their emotional needs, their psychological needs, and their spiritual needs. 
So after this training and the Attach at the Heart parenting program, I wanted, there was this idea also in the book about positive discipline. So, you know, my son was about six or seven years old at that point. And of course, behavior starts becoming a little challenging. So I wanted to know how to, how to help that, help him and, you know, teach him things without being punitive. So that is when I trained in the positive discipline program. And I taught that for a while. However, I later felt that wasn't the best program for me. There are some really good things in the positive discipline program, but then there are things that I don't necessarily agree with anymore. And I think it makes a difference on where you're coming from when you learn these strategies and these ideas. So I think there's it's very important to have a good foundation in the science and the research and the developmental studies. What do children really need and how we can respond to their behavior without creating disconnection. Um, so, but just doing those strategies on its own, I did not find that very helpful for me or even the, the parents that I worked with at that time. But eventually I wanted to get more training and that is where I got the parent coaching certification program with Ajay Institute. And that I felt was very much in line with my own intuition. And I have to say that going through that program as a client myself was the most transformative experience I've ever had as a parent because it really connected me with my own self, my own beliefs, and the triggers. Where were those triggers coming from? Where were my parenting triggers coming from? Because even though I've learned so much about the science and the research in parenting and how to respond to children, there were still things that were triggering me as a parent, which resulted me in responding to my child in a way that wasn't very good or like didn't feel good for me later. So... Going through that program helped me kind of connect to my past and my beliefs and maybe the ideas that I've had unconsciously, but didn't know that they were there. When we become parents, it's not just us and our thoughts. We always carry our own unconscious beliefs and thoughts with us. And in parenting is so hard and so challenging that you know, it's very easy to get triggered. And it's almost kind of like looking in the mirror. Sometimes when we're parenting our children, we get, <laughs> we are faced with things that challenge us, you know, things that we don't like about ourselves or things that we have not made peace with. And then we see it in our children and it triggers us in those moments. So, and this is something else that I've learned from the work of Dr. Dan Siegel is reflecting on our own past and resolving whatever issues we've had is really critical for being able to respond to our children um, for what is happening with them in that moment and not to what happened to us in the past, not responding to our beliefs or our ideas or things that are just hanging on. So I remember in 2017, I attended an immersive weekend with Dr. Dan Siegel in Santa Monica. That was one of the most incredible weekends that I have had because I think it was the first time in my life where I got a taste of what being in the present really is. 
if you're familiar with Dr. Dan Siegel's work, he's written so many books and, you know, parenting books like the parenting from the inside out, the whole child brain, no drama discipline, um, the power of showing up and uh, brainstorm. So he writes a lot about presence. And in that immersive weekend, I've got a taste for it because I've never felt present with someone as much as I felt present with him. And not that I was present, but it was him being so present in every conversation and every interaction. And I thought to myself, like, I can't imagine how our children would feel if we as parents become that present with them in our daily interactions. So of course we can't be 100% present, but what if we can be sometimes present with them? It is an experience that really, like he says, it changes the wiring of our brain because where attention goes, neurofiring grows. So it really changes the wiring of our brain, you know, and our experience in that moment. But I have to say that even despite all of these studies and, you know, all the trainings that I've done, I've also learned a lot from Dr. Gordon Nofeld. I love his courses and his perspective on parenting. So, but even though I've done all this stuff, parenting has not necessarily been easy. There's always been challenges and there are always moments that were more challenge, challenging than others, especially when there is stress and when there is outside influence, you know, whether it's culture or moving into a different country, you know, as a family, we're expats and my kids are growing up as third culture. So there are always challenges and there are times where maybe I haven't responded in the best way to my children, but the good thing is that there's always repair. And, and this is something that I've relied on heavily in the past few years, especially with my daughter. The thing is knowing the science and research and knowing what, what is best and how we can respond to our children's need, understanding their needs, and then also understanding our triggers and our beliefs and, you know, all the things that as parents we're flooded with. When we understand all the, these things and we try to provide the best we can, it does, we do see the results in our children. You know, having parented for 16 years, I definitely see the positive results or the positive relationship that I have right now with my kids that I don't think I would have that relationship if it wasn't for these practices and for the way that I chose to respond to them, to their needs, to their behavior, to the challenging moments and how I worked on the repair when I didn't respond in the in a way that was healthy for them. So I hope that that gives you, you know, hope with your parenting, like wherever you are in your parenting and whatever has happened there's always opportunity for repair and there's always opportunity to make new decisions, to respond differently, to do things differently and work on that connection and that relationship because it is the most important thing. Like right now with my teenage son and my almost teenage daughter, it is that relationship, that connection that we have together that help them navigate their outside world. And I don't have to tell them what is right and what is wrong so much as they can find these answers. They look for the guidance, they look for feedback, but they're also able to, you know, think, they're able to make decisions, they're able to use their conscientiousness 
and their sense of morality, their moral compass in different scenarios. And yes, it's hard, you know, when they're little, we have to guide them and we have to put these boundaries. We have to put these rules. I was a very strict parent. Uh, I had a lot of rules and boundaries for video games and also for, you know, eating junk food. But I've, it was never like just because I said so. Because my focus was always in relationship and connection, I had influence. And, you know, maybe sometimes I didn't like my boundaries, but always made sure that the relationship does not get hurt. So that is a bit about my parenting journey and challenges and education. I hope that now you uh, know me a little bit better and I'll be sharing more, more stories, more about, you know, parenting ideas or challenges or insights that I've learned along the journey of my experience as a parent and helping other parents. And one idea that I wanted to leave you with today is to remember to listen to your intuition and wisdom in your parenting. Do read up on the research and science if you have time. That's great. And that would help you understand your own intuition because sometimes when we practice things in our parenting that create disconnection, we also become disconnected from our own intuition. So, you know, remember when you get advice or criticism from people around you or from the culture and ask yourself, does this create more connection with my child or does it create more disconnection? Do I have to disconnect from my own feelings in order to do this? Do I have to numb my feeling, you know? Sometimes, you know, parents would tell me that when they had to do X, Y, and Z with their child, they had to go do something else in order to numb their feelings. So they do not feel how much that hurts or how much that is against their own intuition. So just ask yourself these questions and start connecting to your own values and to your own wisdom. Because you as a parent, you are the answer that your child needs. You are the answer for their needs, who you are, not in what you say, not in the thoughts or in the things they do, but in who you are to that child. You are the answer to that child's needs. So I hope that this inspires you and gives you some confidence. And um, I can't wait to hang out here with you on another episode of Coffee Break and Parenting Talk. And until then, have a great day. Mm -hmm.